Please listen carefully. All right, so Dave, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to uh, do this repeatedly in later episodes. This is really dependent on the audience, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to do a little bit of listener mail. Listener mail. Ooh, yeah, yeah, it's like our a new feature here, um, but it's really up to you, the audience. Like whether we get listener mail is entirely up to you. So right. if it doesn't happen, you know. This may be the one and only episode, like the limited run of one episode where you hear that one mail. time, <laughs> the one time we got mail. Um, yeah, we've got some good. We actually got some nice messages, but um, this is the first one that really had a uh, uh, it had a suggestion um, uh, kind of pertaining to an episode that we have recently done. Mm hmm. And uh, and I wanted to cover that. Uh, we we've we've done a couple episodes by request before. Like um, you know, we've done one about compressors. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was another one we did about uh, signal chain. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, this is straight from our listener. Um, this is from um, this is from Paul Towsley. Uh, Paul, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Um, it may be Towsley, but I believe it's Towsley. Um, so Paul is writing us uh, from. Irondequoit, uh, New York. I I probably mangled that as well, and I apologize. I'm uh, I'm not from upstate. Sound right? Irondequoit. Does that sound like it might work? Yeah. Anyway, he's from he's from New York. I'm guessing upstate. And uh, uh, Paul writes to us. He says uh, he, he wrote to us about our episode number fifteen, which was about the ten stage behaviors to avoid. Right. right, some of the things that you, you want to get past for uh, to to project that professional image on on stage, and Paul writes, uh, "Way to go, guys! I'm sending all my bandmates episode 15 because this one is for everybody, not just the bass player." Cheers, Paul. Yeah, absolutely, we agree. Um, he goes on to say, uh, "I've learned these lessons already by doing each one of them, such as life." Yeah, like the great. Right. That's the great lesson teacher, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, you got that right for sure. Um, Paul says, uh, I think an interesting extension of this conversation might be how to behave on stage during sound check, how to interact with the engineer, AKA sound guy mm-hmm. to get what you want or need on stage in a mature and polite way. Cheers. Keep up the good work. Uh, Paul, thanks for, uh, for writing in yeah. and, uh, yeah, as a result, we, we love the idea. So yeah, this episode is going to go out to, to Paul, Paul T. Uh, I'm Paul Freelds. I'm Dave Guzman. And this is Practical Bass, where every week we take a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we unpack it. We look at its various dimensions and explore it a bit and also open up the conversation to you, the listeners, um, to let us know what you think. Um, You can get in touch with us very easily through our website, practicalbass.com. We have a feedback form there. We read everything that comes there. You can also find us on uh, Facebook as well. So feel free to interact with our page on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash practical base. You can also find us on Google plus you can find us on Twitter, even on Instagram. Uh, so we're not hard to find. And we do want to have a conversation and a relationship with you, our listeners, and hope that you'll get in touch with us. You can subscribe to this podcast, uh, using your podcasts app on your iPhone. You can use iTunes on your Mac. You can use stitcher radio on any platform or just about any 
podcatching app, Google Play Music as well on your Android devices, and you'll get a fresh episode delivered weekly to you. You don't have to do anything. They're free, uh, and they just show up, and uh, you can hear me and Dave chatting about stuff, and then hopefully you'll feel like uh, discussing some of those topics with us as time goes by. We also hope that you will uh, relate and uh, pass this podcast on to your friends and colleagues, bass players or not, and uh, and they'll let us know uh, what they think as well. So today, uh, we have our topic picked out, obviously, uh, by Paul T. So um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to discuss a little bit about how you get the most out of your sound check. Um, Dave, what's, what's the one most important thing that you try to remember at sound check? You know, for me, I think it's, it's just not to, uh, just to be very active, right? To, to not fall into like these sort of like lazy behaviors and just be fully cognizant of not only my sound, like not just walk up on stage and try to figure out, you know, how does my bass sound, but really like just being an active listener as to like what everybody else sounds like, how you're falling in so that you're like, you're, you're actively participating in, in the, in, in within the group and not just in your own little silo. So I feel like a lot of times if, if you go in with not, you know, with, with a bit of like laziness toward, toward the activity, um, it could easily result in, you know, just distractions on stage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, being present and being mindful, right. It sounds like that's really what you're, what you're getting at. Yeah. That, um, and I know that it, that encompasses a lot, but that's, you know, that's kind of where, what I see is, you know, one of the most important things. Yeah. I mean, it really is about being involved. Um, and you know, the, the flip side is, you know, for me, <laughs> the one most important thing I remember at soundcheck, uh, you know, I don't know, our, our listening audience probably varies in age, right? but you know, I know when Dave and I were younger, you know, one of the popular cartoons in the daily newspaper mm-hmm. back in the days when we read newspapers, <laughs> kids get off my lawn, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, there was, uh, this Gary Larson cartoon called the far side and, one of my favorite, you know, was always just one panel. And uh, my one of my favorites was, you know, you're sitting behind the front of house engineer, right? The sound guy who's at his console. And you see this band playing off in the distance on stage. And they're like, you know, they're getting into it. They're all, you know, playing their instruments and singing mm-hmm. and whatnot. And on one side of the soundboard, there's this gigantic knob that says suck. And it's <laughs> up on like six or something like that. <laughs> so I always remember that that cartoon uh-huh. because you know the sound guy plays such an important part in your gig um they can easily take your set and completely destroy it now i'm not saying that's their that's what they do or that right. that's what their mission or something like that i mean i'm sure there are everybody's got some stories about you know sound guys that they've run into or whatever and but for the most part, you know, these guys are there to do a job and they're there to do it well. Um, whether that it's a big house or a small house, they're really trying to do their best. And, you know, what you want to do is forge a good working relationship with that guy because, you know, they can be a great partner in your band yeah. sounding as good as they possibly can. Yeah, right? it's true. You know, so so what happens when you have a really good sound check? I mean, wh- how... What does that look like to you? Like, what does that experience feel like? Yeah, it's it's day and night. You could always tell, but when it's, you know, for those really good experiences, uh, I think like the the resulting piece, like it, it always just feels like I can hear everything, everything's super balanced. 
I'm not trying to overpower, not trying to overplay in everything. Um, any like small amount of tweaking, I can actually control right on my bass. Yeah. Yeah. And it's minute and it's all right there. It's just like so few distractions. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I think that, yeah, it's, it's a lot of communication. It's having like a good, you know, a good communicative line with the sound guy. Um, and, you know, having the proper monitor monitoring that allows everybody to hear what, uh, you know, what they want to hear, avoiding sort of that, like that battle of, you know, well, that guy's playing a little bit louder and now I'm going to compete with them or two other bandmates have that sort of competition and things just get loud and out of hand and it can turn into chaos. So when, yeah. when it's right, you just, you, you almost feel like you're just, you know, like playing in a living room with your friends. Yeah. No one, in other words, no one feels like they have, well, I've got to do this to compensate because I'm not getting yeah. something else that I needed. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's just nice lines of communication. Yeah. And you know, typically, you know, obviously we're talking about the kind of places where you've got a sound guy that usually means you're going to have some sort of onstage monitoring. Right. And getting to the point where you use and understand that is such a, that's such a big plateau to mm -hmm. reach for any band, right? Especially, you know, beginning bands, like when they're, you know, getting to that next level, um, understanding and using the onstage monitoring as part of your arsenal like it's part of your tools that you use for a successful show right and having a sound guy who can kind of like give you that give you those tools and put them to use and like you know everything is like hammered and screwed in exactly like it should be everything fits really well on stages right so important yeah I mean, versus like so many other gigs that we play that are either our own gear that we're bringing on or or the or the beautiful house sound that yeah. just sees every single hand, yeah. of every musician, and you <laughs> you look at that thing and it's you show the up knobs are broken and every time you show up it's like dialed in completely differently and you're like oh my goodness where do we go now somebody pushed like one of the like mysterious buttons on the you know right on right, the PA exactly. that like makes it not work you got to yeah. figure it out <laughs> so you know I think the the if we want to talk about like great sound checks, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the way I guess that I always experience them or feel like the, the, the thing that happens that sets them apart is um, everyone in the band gets full attention. Like nobody gets shorted. Like right. you're not just the bass player or, you know, you're not, you know, just the drummer or just the singer. Like everybody gets a complete walkthrough of what they want. Right. And um, you yeah. know, the sound guy makes sure that everybody is there, right? Everybody's present, paying attention and, you know, and everybody gets the balance that they want, like you said. So when you start playing, you're hearing exactly the mix that you want to. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. You, you don't have to worry about changing things because you know, you know, Hey, everything's set. And I know that I'm, I know that I'm being heard. Right. I know that I hear myself, right. I'm getting yeah. the feedback that I want and I'm ready to, you know, ready to rock out. Um, you know, the thing that I love nowadays and I've seen many sound guys nowadays use this to great advantage is, you know, so many of the systems now, like they may have a Midas system mm -hmm. or, you know, or, you know, um, uh, a PreSonus system or, you know, any of these systems that have 
uh, a component that works on a, a tablet or an iPad right. or something, uh, or even a phone, right? And they can literally take it right up to the stage, stand where you're standing, and talk directly to you one on one and say, "How do you like this? Is this good? Do you want a little more here, a little more there?" Right. And you know, it's it's so personal, like that personal touch. Yeah. Instead of just hearing this voice through the foldback, <laughs> right. You know, you're you're actually like sitting there with the gun. He's like, yeah, it sounds a little crispy to me. And then he dials something in and you're like, oh, that's fantastic. And not only then, you know, did he fix it something, but you learned a little something about how to get that later from somebody else. Yeah. Right. And so all of this is why, you know, this conversation that you have and this discussion that you have and the presence that you have on stage is why it's so important. Mm-hmm. I'm call back to the, the episode 15 um, is not to noodle. Don't noodle on stage. You yeah. don't do it before the sound check. You definitely don't do it at the sound check and you shouldn't do it after the sound check either. Yeah. Just no noodling. No noodling period. If you're yeah. thinking about noodling, don't. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. There might be that point where you're thinking I should noodle. This will be a perfect time to noodle. And that'll be the perfect time not to noodle. That's what we're saying. <laughs> the, the, the only good noodling is non-noodling. <laughs> No noodling is good noodling. <laughs> With an ever mind, that song is going to go way back there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the thing about not noodling, I know we're, we're ranking on this, but you know, is you're, it's a courtesy. You're being courteous to your bandmates who need their time to be able to hear what they want. It, this is not to say that you don't touch your instrument, right? The sound guy's going to say, hey, can I get a little bass so we can get this level right? But when he's done, when you, when the level has been established, you stop, right? Yep. You play until you're no longer needed to play anymore, and then you stop playing. If he wants you on the mic, you talk into the mic. Usually what you want to do is sing at the comfortable a comfortable volume yep. from where you normally sing at a normal you know attack distance from the mic, whatever that is. And then, you know, once he's got it, you stop, right? And that way everybody gets their, their time and gets their, their fair share of the, of the experience. And at the same time, then you're listening to the other people doing their sound checks so that if you find like, you know what, I really like hearing that person's vocals, like they're a good cue for me. You can ask for their, for their vocals more in your monitor. That's an appropriate time. Yeah. Versus like right in the tail end, like, yeah. oh no, wait, I need more of this, you know? Yeah. yeah. You can and, catch it then. Yeah. And I would say, you know, when, when you're hearing that stuff, uh, um, what I tend to do is like, I'll, I'll just make a little mental note, like, okay, there's one, one thing or two things that I heard that I want. Right. Instead of jumping in while that person is getting their mix tune, uh, I usually wait till he's gone around to everybody. Yep. Right. And usually at that point, once he's finishing up, I'll catch his attention and say, hey, um, I heard a couple things during that. Would you mind, you know, I don't, I don't want to take too much of your time, but would you mind doing the following one thing or two things for me? Never more than like one or two things, like not a laundry list. If it's a laundry list, it means that you weren't paying attention during your actual, (laughs) you know, your actual turn in the sound check. So, you know, I I never try and give him more than one or two things. And if this, and if I can live without one of them, I'll make it just one, like whatever's the most critical thing. Yeah. You know, Hey, I, I, you know what? I realized I could actually use a little more of that vocal here, right? Whatever. Right. Um, and, and that tends to go pretty well. Have, have you ever had a sound check that went badly? How, how did, like, how did that go down? Yes, is the answer. And, um, yeah, I guess, you know, thinking about when there's actually, a, you know, a sound guy 
operating the the uh, the, the gig. Specifically, I can remember one. Uh, it was a it was a larger venue. It had um, you know just a big open space. The sound booth was like way in the back and enclosed. So it was just like just this distance. We didn't even get to meet the sound guys. So I didn't get to like build rapport with it. Just sort of like we jumped on and there was literally no monitor coming back at all. Oh, wow. Right. And my drummer stuck behind like the, I should know what this is called, but you know, the plastic divider. Oh, like the, like that plexiglass kind of, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the wall the, that separates the drummers yeah, from the, the rest of the band. Yeah. The, the sound isolator so that, you know, you're not getting all of the crash, yeah. all of the snap or whatever into your ear. So we weren't getting, monitors coming back to us um neither was the, the drummer so the drummer oh, goodness. was in a spot where basically he rode the whole gig listening to himself hoping he was like and we're chasing yeah. him because he's the only thing we can hear yeah yeah and so we're we're just following it's like the blind leading the blind and it was so you're not have you don't have any monitors the guy turns up the yeah. the volume on like the the yeah. actual pa or whatever and all you're hearing is like yeah that's exactly that's exactly what it was it was beautiful (laughs) it was a a beautiful thing (laughs) it was it was very artsy oh my gosh um and it was a you know and and the result is like all right so you know whatever it's a gig it comes and goes but like it uh you know it's uncomfortable and it it doesn't represent the band well um and it's just it's a lot of anxiety you know do you, do you feel like that was one of those things where did you take from that experience anything where like later, oh, we ran into a spot where we didn't have monitors and we're like, okay, well, we're really going to get this guy's attention because we don't want that thing to happen again or whatnot. I mean, was it, yeah. did you guys get something out of it like that at least? Like I an experience? Definitely. Yeah. I I definitely feel like even though we were asking for it, once it was like time to go, we just you know, as a group just said, you know, forget it. We'll just do it as, uh, you know, the best we can. We shouldn't have. It would have been really easy just to stop before and say, look, we really need to hear ourselves. Yeah. Those things on the floor, those are monitors. (laughs) They give sound back to us. And we want it. We want some. Yeah. We want some. (laughs) Give us some of this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What about you? Have you had any nightmare situations oh yeah yeah i mean so one in particular i mean obviously we're we're leaving all the venue names and you know out of this and protecting the guilty but um so this started with a guitarist that didn't uh show up to the sound check when he was supposed to and it was like Uh, it was like an hour and a half before the actual show right um so i mean it was considerably before but you know it was everybody was notified in advance but you know he just he didn't show up and uh, it wasn't a real good excuse either, unfortunately, but that's another story. Anyway, the sound guy was was actually kind of, he was one of those impatient sort of ornery types, like mm-hmm. real easily miffed. Right. You had to kind of walk on eggshells a little bit. Right. Um, you know, I don't like dealing with anybody like that, especially somebody that has uh, a ridiculous amount of control over me. Yeah. Like over my future. I, de- I definitely don't like that. But yeah. You know, I, you know, but you have to deal with it. It happens. So he was definitely, you know, one of these, you know, don't screw with me, uh, you know, guys. Like I, yeah. I hold your, your, the fate of your gig in my hands. Right. Um. 
he well, so it was interesting because what it seemed like he did is he basically like intentionally screwed up the guitarist's mix, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, maybe he just didn't set anything. I as a as a guy who does sound myself, like what I would probably do is dial in something that I thought would be workable, like give you a little bit of some kick so that you're you know you're hearing the the downbeats and you're with the band or whatnot. You can feel yeah. the the beat. You know, I'm going to give you some vocal, like lead vocals, so that you know where you are. I'll probably give you a little bit of your guitar back, so that you don't have to keep turning up your amp to hear yourself yeah. when you're you're up front. Um, you know, and some bass, so that you know you know like everything kind of stays together, right? Just but but little bits, and then kind of tweak it as we go on or whatever. Check with the guy after the first set or something like. That. Or teach him a lesson. Yeah, or you could do what this guy did, <laughs> right? The other the other road is teach him a lesson. So. I mean, he may just have not done anything. I, I right. really don't know. Uh, but it seemed pretty bad. Like, it seemed worse than it needed to be. <laughs> the guitarist had to keep turning up on stage. Like, he couldn't hear himself in the monitors. He he asked for monitor, and he never really got any. Right. And so he just tur- kept turning his amp up on stage. Well, of course, that led to exactly what it shouldn't, which is like, now there's a loudness war on stage, right? right? The guitarist is super loud. The singer is having a hard time hearing himself because the guitar is so loud, right? The, uh, you know, even the drummer was hearing like the boominess from the back of the guy's like open back amp, like it's coming back at him. And he's like, oh my gosh. It's like the runaway train. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we, we, we got through it. We played okay. And I, I mean, I thought, and the funny thing was, it was so ironic. The sound guy came to us afterwards and he's like, man, I didn't realize you guys were such good players. And I mean, this was not a guy who's going to do that like stony face. Like he would just tell you, well, you guys sucked. You sounded terrible. Right. <laughs> like, whose fault was that? Right. <laughs> I mean, if, if we were playing bad, I guess it's our fault. But, you know, he was like, man, you guys are really great players. But it was weird. It was like not quite an apology. Like, hey, oh, like, you know, I could have fixed. The other guy was like, yeah, I couldn't really hear my guitar or whatever. I kept asking for it. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry or whatever. But it was like, sorry, not sorry. Right. <laughs> it was just kind of weird. It was one of those weird things. But yeah, that was so, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's there's like the the audience probably has even worse gigs they can tell us about. I cannot wait. If we get listener right. mail about this one, it's going to be fantastic. Let's just be clear. We're not out here to like slag sound guys because like as a rule, like we said at the top, these guys are, they're doing great stuff. A lot of these guys are, you know, they've been doing it for years and years and years. A lot of skill. They bring a lot of experience and, and really can, can make your, they can make or break your gig. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and to that point, I think it's, it's important. I, I always try it if there's a, you know, if it's a gig with a sound guy to like cut a little extra time in the beginning, like get to know them. Yeah. Ask them their name. Yep. You know, like be just like common courtesy. Maybe oh my gosh. Yeah. Have, a, you know, just have some casual dialogue kind of ease into it. So it's, you know, not so frantic. And yeah, you know, when they're up there, uh, like helping, you know, get like the cables hooked up and kind of on stage doing that part of it. Just like, you know, create some talk, you know, yeah, some yeah. some small talk, but also like use that time to kind of precurse what, you know, in general, what you're looking for. Or, well, and I always, like I always say to them directly, um, you know, like you said, the meet and greet is really important. Like just, you know, look them in the eye, shake their hand, uh, you know, introduce yourself, tell them your role in the band, um, you know, ask them yeah. how long they've been there, you know, just like, you know, make some small talk. But then I always will say, you know, um, so I've got, my, you know, 
in this case, like I've, you know, I've got my gear here. I don't want to get in your way. I know you've got a job to do. Let me know when it's okay to, to pull stuff on the stage. I'm ready to go. Right. Whenever. And if you need any help, I'm here. Uh, you know, I'm, if you just need an extra pair of hands, right. You know, just like pitching in a little bit. And there's yeah. a level where you don't do that anymore, right? Where you go to a, if you go to a big festival or, vi- or bigger stage, you know, you can expect all everything to be done. You don't show up like waiting to run cables for whoever's there. Cause right. like, you know, they're operating a level. They've, they kind of got it down. They don't really need you. <laughs> yeah. You're like, just going to get in you're the, the way. talent. Just, you know, do what you're supposed to do. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's that. I think also learning something about mixing yourself, like learning some mm-hmm. stuff about sound yourself really helps you identify what you need in a mix, right? Yeah. Learning to balance those sounds and like learning to balance what you want to hear, like doing it for your band can be really helpful. Yeah. Um, or even just like learning about EQ, like getting a, even just like if you have a simple, you know, a simple digital audio workstation yeah. uh, on your computer, I mean, you can get them for free nowadays. Like there's a bunch of them. Like I think what Reaper is basically free. Yeah. Even garage, like garage band is has some stuff like the some EQs and stuff like yeah. play with those and learn what they do so that you can help identify for a sound guy what you want without, you know, I would say, you know, you don't want to get so prescriptive where, okay, well I need like four more DBs at 2k or something like that. Like that sounds poor. That's like going to the doctor and saying like, well, doctor, I've got uh there's an occlusion of my right, uh, you know, my right uh, patella and my knee. And <laughs> you're probably going to need to look at the synovial sac or blah, blah, blah. And they're like looking at you f- like, yeah. Uh, don't do my job for me. Yeah. <laughs> I roll as opposed to, um, Hey, it's the sounds just a little bit crispy. Can we can we fix that a little? Or it's it sounds a little boomy to me, like the it's it's a the boominess is yeah. a is a is a little much or something like that. Like just you know finding a way to be less prescriptive about it. That's right. Yeah, and you know, and if you want something, don't be afraid to ask for it, but always ask nicely and mm-hmm. try not to like try not to butt in to do it. Just right, like any conversation. Right, just common manners. Yeah. And- you know, just trying to be polite because they're you're all there for for a job. Yeah, being I mean, being a nice person just goes so far. If you're just again, if you're easy to get along with, people will generally like be willing to help you out. It's it's very rare that you find folks that you know when you're nice and polite to them, and you know you don't bring out. It's very rare that you won't bring out the niceness and the politeness in them as well. Yeah, yeah, I think um, asking for feedback also from your sound guy or from from the from your bandmates as well just you know it's that common theme of making sure that there's open communication where you can say does this sound weird am i hearing this right um just to kind of get that in line um and i know you know one of the things that i always make sure because i've i've made the mistake in the past but you know just like when you're look when you're doing your sound check like get your bass and you know if it's your amp that it's running through and it's running through, what is it? So post, you know, you want to make sure that those levels are set kind of even, not too crazy. And that, yeah. and that you have, and that you have some room on, on your base, like whatever those, you know, whatever your settings are on your base that you have, if you do want to kick it in a little bit more that you have a little bit more, you have the control right yeah. there delicately, you know, you don't want to throw everything off, but you're not like mid 
set trying to ask them to make adjustments. You should be able to do everything right from there. Yeah, yeah. Like you want you want some headroom in the signal that you're that you're sending. You want to be moderate about it, right? right? Like you don't want to jack up your bass. So, oh, you know, in this part, I'm going to turn my bass up twice as high because the sound guy will be like, what the heck just happened? Right. Right. And they're trying to keep the mix sounding good. And suddenly the bass is like overwhelming everything. Right. Like they had the mix tweaked perfectly. Yep. And now it's twice as loud. Like the bass is twice as loud as it was. And they're struggling because you're messing with things on stage yep. as opposed to, I have a little room to come up like 10% yep. because my part, I'm playing this cool little solo part here or something like that. And then I'm going to drop it back. Yeah. Like you exactly know, having the ability to do that. Right. You can't expect, um, you know, unless you've got a sound guy who like knows your set or is traveling with you or whatnot, you can't expect them to like, you know, know the parts that you're playing mm. and like bring you up and bring you down or something like that's that. That's next level gigging. Yeah, that's next level gigging. That's next level. With like the light that hits you at like that one like bass note. Right. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> Just that one bass note. <laughs> People are like, man, that's shiny. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you're, you're probably not going to get that. So, you know, you leave yourself a little bit of room and, uh, uh, but you know, nothing too, nothing too crazy. Yeah. So I think, you know, all those things together can lead to a really, a really good experience, uh, you know, with your sound engineers in most rooms. And, you know, one thing that we didn't say, maybe a, a last thing to interject is make sure you the gear that you bring, make sure that it's in good repair because, um, otherwise you can cost the sound engineer a lot of work to find out that say, for example, the output on your rig, like your DI, right, is a is a wreck or something like that. Like it's fritzing out. Yeah. And now you've just cost them time. You say, Oh, I have a DI on the back of my amp, and they hook up and suddenly it starts fritzing out. Right. And they're thinking, Oh, where's that? Is it the input of my board? Is it a cable? You know, they have to trace that whole thing back yeah. and figure out where it is. So make sure that your part of the of the equation is taken care of when you show up. Your your stuff should be in good repair. Yeah. And, and I think if it's, if you're not, um, you know, if you're not normally playing gigs that, that have this, this setup where you have a sound guy and I, I don't know, like, I'm just really concerned about sometimes like if I've got a bigger gig, I feel like, Ooh, I should, I should bring out more stuff, right? Like more pedals or more of this, yeah. like, this is like the gig. It's just, it's not the time yeah, to experiment. No. <laughs> Keep it nice and simple. Like, you know, there's going to be enough complications if you don't normally play these yep. types of gigs. It's already a little overwhelming. Yeah. Don't throw more variables into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So that's a good place to wrap up uh, for today. Um, I want to say a special thank you again to our listener, Paul Towsley, for suggesting uh, this topic and for uh, and for being such a great listener. He, he heard our episode 15. I hope uh, the rest of you in the audience have, uh, have managed to catch a few more of our episodes in, in Practical Bass and that you will um, pass them around to your bass playing friends or your other musician friends for that matter. Um, we're very inclusive here. It's, uh, it's not, uh, we are not limiting uh, just to the, just to the bass players among you. Um, although we do try and concentrate there, obviously. Um, you can find us on the web at practicalbass.com. And if you have some experiences to share about sound uh, or sound uh, guys that you've run into, you know, experiences that you've had that have been good or bad, we definitely would love to hear from you. You can find the feedback form on practicalbass.com. 
and that comes straight to our email. We read everything we get. Um, you can also correspond with us directly on Facebook uh, at the Practical Base page. We are also on Google+. Plus. You can find us on Twitter and even Instagram. Um, we really want to have a connection with you guys, the listeners. Um, it means a lot to us when we hear from you guys uh, individually. You know, just just a, a message uh, that we didn't expect. It's it's great to to hear from you guys and hear the stories that are out there to know about your interests. So we really hope that you will connect up with us um, and and really help grow that relationship. Um, and uh, and again, you can subscribe to the podcast very easily. You can find us on the podcasts app on your Apple phone, or uh, you can find us on iTunes on your Mac. You can find us on Stitcher Radio on any platform, Google Play Music on your Android device, uh, or on your computer. And through any of these uh, channels, you can just look for Practical Bass. Just search for Practical Bass. You'll find our black and white PB logo and hit subscribe. And you'll get a new copy of a fresh episode coming to you uh, every week, week in and week out. And uh, we hope that we will hear from you soon. And we hope that you are uh, helped by this podcast, that it is helping elevate your gigs and gear to the next level, because that is our business, is making your business as a bass player better. And with that, until next week, I'm Paul Freels. And I'm Dave Guzman. And this has been Practical Bass. Thanks for listening. We actually sat down, prepared, made some notes. Yeah. In that 15 minutes from the 7.45 to the 8 p.m. To the 8 p.m. time when you suited up to go to work. <laughs> then I put on pants. Bam! Yeah, you like put, <laughs> put on pants. Like, literally, you jumped, out of, you jumped out of your house into pants. Right. Into the car. That's in right. one smooth, fluid motion. It was very cool. You should have been there. <laughs> you are like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that day. <laughs>